Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the latest Football Digest podcast available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe now through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts from so you don't miss a single episode. Good morning and welcome to the latest Women's Football Digest. It's been a wild weekend in the Women's Super League. 18 goals, two red cards and 10 minutes of extra time in one game. To discuss it all with me, we have Jack Lacey Hatton. How are you this morning, Jack? I'm very good, thanks, Natasha. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me back on. No worries. We also have Ben Lindop. Sorry, Beth. <laughs> Finding my words there. It is a bit early. I might need another coffee. How are you this morning, Beth? Yeah, good. Thank you. Excited to get into to all of the action. Great. And we also, last but not least, we have Hannah Pinnock. How are you doing today, Hannah? Not too bad. Thank you. Good. I mean, where do we start but at the Emirates? Um Probably the shock result of the weekend. For those who don't know, Liverpool won one nil um, against Arsenal at the Emirates. It was a record fifty four thousand one hundred and fifty five attendance in the Women's Super League. There was a very sad fan sat up in the stands here. Jack, I know you were at the game for us. I mean, we could talk about the extra time, but let's start with how good Liverpool were. Yeah, definitely. I think I think Liverpool deserve a, a lot of credit for the way they they set up. Matt Matt Beard has got them. I think even they were, they were well organised last season. But I think defensively, they certainly for the times I watched them last season, they looked they looked a lot stronger on Sunday. Um, I, I didn't really ever feel like, although like yeah, there was a lot of injury time and the the, the second half didn't sort of have any have any real momentum in it. I, I never got the sense that Arsenal were actually going to come back and and and, and score and, and and save a save a result, which I think sort of goes to just just speaks volumes for for how well Liverpool defended and 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 they did carry a threat on the break at times. I mean they they, they obviously knew that they were in for uh, a, a game where they wouldn't have the ball for the vast majority of the the ninety minutes, but they they, they stuck to the task well and uh, and scored a, probably the best move of the game, I think, for for, for the only goal. So yeah, re- real credit to them. A, a, a huge win to start the season with. Obviously, they had a massive result on the opening day last season as well. Um, and I don't think Matt Beard will be getting carried away if his if his post match press conference is anything to go by. He says it's you know it was just one result and they'll. They'll have to build from that, but yeah, re- really strong signs that um, that the red half of Merseyside can can get into the into push on into that top half this season. Beth, I can see you smiling there in the background. So come on, give it to us. Um, Matt Beard's comments, the inverted commas, time wasting. You know, yeah, Liverpool did hold on to the ball a lot. They got a couple of red uh, yellow cards because of that. But other than that, how good was their game plan? Yeah, I think they they executed their game plan perfectly well. I think time wasting is always so difficult, of course, when it's done against you, then you get incredibly frustrated with it. When it's your team that's doing it, you do have a little bit more empathy. And ultimately, I think it's something that is always going to be part of football. And obviously bringing in sort of those added minutes and and penalising players with with yellow cards 
and um, I'm totally on board with that. Um, but I do think there's always going to be an element of time wasting. Of course, we'd love to see two sides going hammer and tongue and being, you know, playing beautiful football for, for the full 90 minutes. But the, re- the reality is, you know, Arsenal on paper are a better team than Liverpool. If Liverpool had gone and let them have it all their own way, they probably would have got beat. So, you know, they had to have a little bit of nose about them. It was obviously their first win, away win in the WSL, sorry, since um, January 2020, I think it was. So, you know, a massive, massive three points for them. And, you know, it's been such a big summer for Liverpool. They've obviously moved into to Melwood, um, Liverpool's old training ground, the men's old training ground. And um, I was lucky enough to, to be down there last week at the official opening. And it's just absolutely, you know, probably one of, if not the best facility in the WSL because it's solely for the women's team. And it's just absolute sort of state of the art inside, outside and, you know, worlds away from from Solar Campus, Tranmere Rovers training ground where they were training, you know, the, the last few seasons. So, um, you know, off the pitch, I think the club have really sort of shown an intent and, and, and signal that they want to really get back and be pushing the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal to, you know, at the top end of the table. I think they're still away from doing that. I think, you know, as as you both have rightly said, I don't think Matt Beard will be getting carried away. I still think, you know, they've got a really tough game to come against Aston Villa at Brenton Park on Sunday. And, you know, I think they'll have good days and bad days, but yeah, what a way for them to, to start the season. And, I think probably deserved it, you know, on the pitch as much as off it as well, because I think the club have really sort of backed the women's team this this year and it's great to see. Just one of um final comment from you, Jack. Do you think the occasion got to Arsenal? You know, they they have played at the largest stadium more than any other WSL team, but it seemed as if they they lacked some intensity, some confidence within themselves. There was a lot of backward passing when, you know, you should be sending it into the corridor of uncertainty for want of a better cliche. You know, are we worried? Possibly, I know it's only one game into the season, but it's their second consecutive loss. So they can't be feeling good around the camp, I'd imagine. No, no, I think I think that word intensity, I, that's something I picked up on as well, um, sort of looking back at the game. I think Jonas Adverdell said it himself in the in his uh, post-match press conference as well. They, they didn't get any any rhythm into the game and I think that allowed Liverpool to to manage you know put, bring bring their game management to the fore and and see out the result and it's not you know sometimes is that when you're trailing in a game you can't do anything about that but other times the emphasis it has to be on you to sort of drive some some energy and intensity into the game and I, and I agree I didn't feel that Arsenal did that at all really which was which was surprising obviously they had, they had, I think four new signings made their league debut um, in this game so there is still a and and we know we've talked all all of us have talked about the the short break between the World Cup and the start of the season so so they do need I think more time on the training pitch I think Jonas as well in his uh, program notes wrote about that they've had 10 training sessions as a as a whole collective group um, including the players that were at the World Cup before this game that's not a lot of time and I think with with more time on the training pitch with greater cohesion between those new signings like Alessia Russo you know Chloe Lacasse looked exciting at times on on Sunday but then yeah there, there would there were also a, a lot of backward passes or getting funneled into the wide areas which I don't think is is Arsenal's strength at the moment really um, particularly without Beth Mead still so so yeah I, I think they'll that they'll they'll still they'll come good eventually a lot of these a lot of these new players once they get that more time together um, but obviously they've got a big test next week now as well and you, you don't want to lose too many games in the WSL as we all know it's only it's 22 games and uh, yeah a, a crisis can develop very quickly yeah, I agree. I mean, the champion is Chelsea. 
being Chelsea, I suppose, for want of a, a better phrase. 2-1 against Spurs. Hannah, what a debut for Mia Fischel. Um, I know you were there. Um, what will you tell us about her? How good was she? Um, well, I caught that one on Sky, actually, right. but I, I thought I thought Chelsea were really impressive. Um, obviously, Mia got a goal. Lauren James on the score sheet as well. So, you know, they, they just look fluid. And, and I think it's a little bit scary that you're talking about, you know, Mia scoring, but that's a Chelsea team without Sam Kerr and without um, Katarina Macario as well. So, um, yeah, I mean... It, it's exactly what I expected to see from Chelsea. And obviously it was the big game on Sky as well on, on Saturday night. So in the big stadium, all the cameras there and everything. And and Chelsea were just really impressive. But second half though, I mean, Spurs gave them a bit of a run for their money. Obviously Martha Thomas got, got the goal eventually. She could have had a few before that as well. There was a few chances that, that Spurs squandered, I think, in the second half. So um, in that respect, it, it, it was a probably a little bit of a tighter game um, than, than you'd maybe expect. So regardless of, of that result, I still think there's there's plenty of positives for, for Spurs to go off as well um, because you were getting into sort of the closing stages of the game and it was a little bit nervy because Spurs were pushing forward, trying to score. And um, again, that's the Spurs team without Bethany England. So um, I think Martha Thomas was really smart business from Tottenham um, towards the end of the window. Obviously, they're going to be without Beth for a little while. So um, hopefully that means they, they won't struggle to find goals. But it, yeah, it was a probably the perfect start of the season for Emma Hayes. Obviously they they lost to Liverpool last year, so they didn't quite get off to the best start. But it, you know, it is is a marathon, not a sprint, and they've got tough tests to come, but um definitely a sign of champions again. I mean Jack, do you think Tottenham, I mean, they had a bit of a you know, unpredictable end to last season. Do you think they could be one of those teams not to go for the title, but possibly the best of the rest, you know, going up against Aston Villas and Everton? Should the bigger sides be worried about them? Because like Hannah says, it wasn't all Chelsea's way. No, I, I think that's the the minimum expectation for a club of, of Tottenham's size and also from from the investment into the women's team over the years. You know, the amount of home games, I know we talked before, Arsenal obviously leading the way in terms of playing games in the main stadium, but but Tottenham really relied on on, on that play, playing games in their uh, main stadium towards the end of last season when they were obviously, you know, needing, needing those wins and needing that that. 12th person the crowd to drive them on for for the for the final points of the season so yeah I think they they, they will be expecting to get to get back in towards the top half this season and, and based on Sunday's game you'd have to say that, that, that there's every chance of them doing that I thought they looked a lot more from what I saw of the game they looked a lot more uh, well organized than than last season they were they were, they were I mean it's, it's, a, it's an obvious thing to say but not just in terms of the goals but I think they were very reliant on Beth England in terms of just any sort of forward pattern of play like the, just just hit the ball in her general direction and and she can get after it it seemed to be their their sort of attacking game plan for a lot of the games uh, in the second half of last season and I think they looked a little more organised and and yeah and, uh, just, just a bit more confident on the ball which which going to Stanford Bridge is, is not an easy not an easy task um, but yeah they'll they'll need to get points on the board I think you know obviously they've got I think Bristol City next at home which is that that's a game that 
even though it's early on in the season, that can make or break you in terms of confidence. You know, they 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 have to win that game, and and then hopefully, yeah, they can they can take it from there. Beth, um, thinking about Manchester, we've got two big teams. Both of them won this weekend. Do you feel like those two are the ones that are going to give Chelsea the biggest problems this season in terms of competitiveness? Yeah, I think. I think I would probably agree with that. I think in our um, in our WSL predictions that we did for the Mirror last week, I actually predicted City to win the league this season. Um, I think sort of last season when I, I watched them, um, I think in terms of the style of play, I was probably most impressed with City. I think when City are in full flow, um, you know, they were really a really impressive side. I think, you know, there's perhaps been a few raised eyebrows that they didn't do more business over the summer. Obviously, they only brought in Gil Roar, but you know, a club record sign and a Netherlands international was absolutely superb at the World Cup. And you know, I went down to the um the newly named Shoy Stadium um a couple of weeks ago and, and spoke to a few of the players. And Chloe Kelly actually said, you know, it's been actually quite nice not to have this influx of new players. It feels like it's a settled squad. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. And it was a lot to be said, you know, and we touched on Arsenal having quite a few new players to bed in. I think actually when you you've already got the, the crux of a really good squad. And you just add in a player of Jill Rhodes' caliber. I think that that stands you in really good stead. So, yeah, I think City will be will be a real threat this this season. And I think sort of what held them back last season was they lost obviously the first few games. And I think when you you know speaking about Arsenal this weekend going to to Manchester United, I think when you lose the, the first few games, obviously it's much too early in the season to, to sort of describe it as a catastrophe. But in terms of mentally, the frame the frame of mind it puts you in. Um, and it sort of it makes you a bit hamstrung when you get to the back end of the season because you can't really lose many points. So, um, yeah, I think City look good. I think obviously caught a little bit of the United and, and Villa game before I went over to Everton. And um, I think United just sort of that knack, don't they? Um, you know, dating all the way back to Alex Ferguson on the men's side of, of strengthening those sort of slightly jerky last-minute late wins. And I think, you know, those those sort of results make you make you a champion, don't they? And I think Carla Ward must have been stood on the touchline being like, not again. Another last minute beats it to Manchester United. Um, but yeah, I think United, again, have done some shrewd recruitment over the summer. I think they'll have learnt um, a lot from, from last season. I think, you know, Alessio Russo obviously leaving was, was a blow. Um, the rate of that, I think that might actually help them in the fact that that saga has ended now. Like they've yeah. been able to go into the new season, you know, put in a box, no disrespect to Alessia, but, you know, put the situation in a box and move on, move forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think that was sort of a bit of a shadow over the season, last season. I think as much as she's a, a top player, has the potential to be a really world-class player. I think, you know, she's not the most prolific goal scorer. She scored 10 goals, I think, in the WSL last season. So it's not like she's got crazy numbers to try and replace. I think the, the signings that they've brought in could potentially do that. I think losing Ona Badgley to, to Barcelona was the bigger blow. I guess we'll sort of see how that pans out this season. Um, but keeping Mary Epps was massive, wasn't it? And I think, you know, I think you look at my worry with Arsenal when I when I look at them this season is I think defensively, I just don't think they're on par with the biggest rivals. I think, you know, Manuel Zinsberger um, is prone to a couple of errors. I think without, you know, Raffaele, who's obviously left to go to the NWSL, without Leah Williamson in front of her. Obviously, we don't know when Leah's going to be back from that ACL injury. I think they look a bit vulnerable. And I think, you know, City and, and United and Chelsea certainly have that defensive strength as well. So, yeah, I think that the Manchester clubs, are, I think both of them have the potential to have really good seasons. 
I mean, Hannah, this was the game you're actually, excuse me, before. Aston Villa won, Man United 2. I mean, we, we spoke a lot about Man United, but, you know, I've been very impressed with Villa last season. I'm a big fan of Carla Ward. I mean, will they see this as, you know, two, three points dropped? Will they feel like they should have took the three points and won the game? Absolutely. I mean, and I think that's probably a testament to how far they've come, um, that, you know, they they will probably view this as three points dropped rather than, than a point gained or even three points won. So, you know, but it, it's becoming a bit of a growing trend with Villa. I think they're becoming increasingly difficult for, for teams to beat. That's obviously two home games in a row against United that, you know, United have had to to win in, in stoppage time. Um, you think back to the last day of the season, they beat Arsenal 2 0. Sorry. Um, and um All right, just just dump an off into that. <laughs> and um, against Chelsea in the, the FA Cup semi final as well, it, it was one goal that separated them and, and Sam Kerr was the difference. So in, in that respect, it's it's I, I wrote in my one of my pieces, I, I really do hope sort of long gone are the days that you know, they're getting beat four or five by, by these kind of teams. Obviously those kind of results can happen, but it becoming sort of more of an anomaly rather than sort of a regular thing. So I, I thought Villa were really impressive. And I, I think if anything, besides the result, I think it's more just the togetherness in the squad and, and sort of the belief and the desire that they, they believed that they could get something from, from United on, on Saturday. And um, even after going down to 10, you know, that, that could have been what knocked them, if that makes sense, because United have been piling up pressure all game. United obviously looked threatening with the attacking talent that they have and the talent that they have all over the pitch, really. Um, so to go down to 10, it, it kind of initially, as the red card was shown, sort of just thinking, ah, that's it then. Um, but Villa didn't waver to that. They didn't crumble under any kind of pressure in that respect. And, and they pretty much went down the other end and, and Rachel Taylor got the goal. So um, it, it, I have no doubt that, that Villa will be there or thereabouts again, um, because that, that was a huge test and that was a huge test, especially with 10 players. So they, they pr- very nearly held on for a point and, and that would have been a massive point if they, they were able to do it. Um, but as long as they remain difficult to beat and sort of exactly what Carla, Carla Ward said post-match, that if they can perform like that every week and perform with that same desire and belief, then then they have the potential to challenge for the top four. And, and I think that's absolutely spot on. But I think it'll be a huge test against Liverpool for them next week. So, um, you know, I think if, if it, the longer it might go on without sort of getting a win, then maybe doubts might start creeping back in. So I think it's really important that they do bounce back with it with a result straight away. So just a couple more games left to touch on because it was such a busy opening day. So we had Everton 1, Brighton 2 and our WSL newcomers, Bristol City 2 and Leicester 4. Beth, going to you quickly about Everton, how disappointed will they be with that opening day result? Yeah, hugely. I think that was a really, really big blow for Everton. Obviously, again, like we say, we're, we're not, you know, in too, too early in the season to start talking about, you know, catastrophes and, and things like that. But... I think it was a it was a real disappointing result. I think Everton last season, you know, they they were reborn under Brian Sorensen, and and I think the next step 
very much was about sort of, you know, trying to sort of challenge Aston Villa for that best of the rest spot, trying to put as much pressure on that top four as possible. Um, and I think in order to do that, you need to be beating sides like Brighton at home. I think credit to Brighton. I think they looked excellent, certainly for the first sort of half an hour. I think they came out the traps very quickly. And as long as like Everton were a little bit surprised by that, you know, whether it was just a little bit of ring rust, obviously they hadn't played for competitively for, for four months. Obviously, same for both sides, but, you know, it just seemed like Brighton were just a little bit quicker and a little bit sharper in those sort of opening stages. And probably, you know, the, the second half, Everton were, were much the better side, but by that point, they were 2 0 down and Brighton sort of saw the game out and managed it well. So, yeah, I think it was a was a big blow for Everton. Um, they've got a tough game this weekend. They're going away to Leicester, who obviously, you know, as you touched on there, beat Bristol City at the weekend. They'll have their tails up a little bit. Um, so, I think, you know, it's really. You know, it's going to be crucial for Everton to try and again, as as Hannah said, with Aston Villa, try and bounce back with a positive result. Because thinking this week, the longer you go on without a win, we saw it with Leicester last season, with Tottenham as well. When you go and sort of, you know, very quickly one or two games without a win can turn into five or six, and and all of a sudden you sort of enter in territory where you know it's it, it's really difficult and and really you know toxic and not a good good place to be. So yeah, I hope they can can bounce back at the weekend because they've got the players to do it and they've got a brilliant manager. So I, I I just you know I really hope it doesn't knock them too much going into that game at the weekend. Hannah, just finally on Bristol uh, City v Leicester. I mean, I know you've done a few pieces in the in pre-season about how Leicester are going to be a different team, how they're coming back stronger. There's a lot of confidence. Well, four coals on the opening day suggests that. Um, could they be a bit of a surprise for some teams this season? Um, maybe not quite Villa level of surprise last year, but I think that performance on on Sunday suggests that that they will be sort of hopefully um, clear of of any kind of relegation battle. And that I think was really really important because. I think their first two seasons in the WSL, I mean, last year they had to wait until January for any points at all. And the year before that, they had to wait until sort of mid-December for for their first win or first point. So that is a long time to go. And Beth was mentioned there going on sort of those four, five, six, seven game um, runs without any kind of results. So for Leicester to kick off the season with a win um, and do it so convincingly as well obviously they went behind through Carrie Jones which was probably a little bit bitter given obviously she she played for them last season and, and did a really good job um, but then ironically then it was a former Bristol City player that got the equaliser and Amy Palmer so it was you know three of Leicester's new signings that that were among the goals um, and then Shannon O'Brien with the other one who she had a lot of injury problems last season so um, the fact that she's back fit and, and firing will be really exciting for Leicester this year um, and I noticed as well Deanna Rose was among the assists as well so again it will be a big season for her so um, I think hugely hugely positive for Leicester and, and I think the fact that they're going into a game that isn't necessarily going to be against a top four team next um, and especially with Everton being on the back of a, of a defeat as well Um I'm sure Leicester will be feeling quite confident that, you know, if they can get a result again, then then that really is something for them to build off this year. And all credit to Bristol City as well. You know, the newcomers, they've come up, they've scored two goals. And as we were saying, how hard it is sometimes for teams to get goals. I think that'll give them a lot of confidence for the season ahead. So we're going to quickly go through our match day two. Friday night, the big game, Man United v Arsenal. Then we have on Sunday, Brighton v West Ham, Man City v Chelsea. 
Tottenham v Bristol City, Leicester v Everton and Liverpool v Villa. I mean, we can't start anywhere but United-Arsenal. Um, Jack, as cliche as it is, is this a must-win game for Arsenal? I think it's it's verging on being a must-win game, definitely. And in terms of the title, it probably is. I mean, as as Beth said earlier, when talking about Manchester City, we saw how they were always playing catch-up uh, last season throughout after losing their first two league games. Uh, it's it's a difficult difficult ask, I think, for Arsenal based on on Sunday's performance to go to a Manchester United side who are going to be full of confidence. You know, their first home game. I think it, it, it weirdly, I think it'll suit them actually playing at, at least Sports Village at the smaller stadium rather than at Old Trafford. Packed atmosphere. Um, obviously, Arsenal had a, a rough time there last season as well. They 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 lost a huge game. They they lost Leah Williamson to an ACL. Um, I know that Jonas wasn't too happy about the pitch that night. So it'll be interesting to see if it's if it's any better on Friday night. Um, but yeah, it's 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 verging on 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 must win because I just think that you know if you we talked about it earlier, but like the likes of City uh, who've also not got Europe, if they potentially win their first, you know. Two, two, three games. Obviously, one of them, City or Chelsea, will slip up on Sunday as well. But whoever whoever wins, Arsenal are going to be already potentially six points behind if they lose. So, yeah, I think it it's it's not must win in terms of this season could still be recovered. But uh, it's definitely if they if they want to be challenging for the the title come come May, I think uh, that the avoiding defeat on Friday is is going to be crucial. I mean, just thinking about something Jack said, Beth, about. United playing on Friday and having possibly having those three points and going into the weekend. I mean, what kind of confidence would it give them knowing that, you know, either City or Chelsea are going to drop points on Sunday and they are probably their closest challengers for the title? Yeah, I think, you know, it's always nice to to get a win in the bag and, and then be able to sort of watch it, your, your closest challengers battle it out. So, yeah, I think that will give them you know, an extra bit of motivation, really. They know if they if they win this game, they'll be going top of the league. And um, yeah, I think it will be it will be a really tough game. And I think, in a sense, it does feel like it's for Arsenal. If not a must win, then at least they must not lose. You know, they can't, as as Jack said, they don't want United going six points ahead of them. So, I think in a way that puts the pressure on Arsenal a little bit. And that maybe will play into United's hands. It's another. Another reason for United to maybe have a little bit more confidence because I think these Arsenal players, you know, will be very much aware that they don't want to don't want to lose this game. So um yeah, I think that that game on, on Sunday will will perhaps, you know, be in the, in the back of, of the United players' minds. But I think I think the great thing about the WSL is it's obviously only a twelve team league. So it means every single week we have at least one of these really big games between sort of the big heavyweights in the league, which is really exciting. Um but yeah, I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game and and like I say, I think it's sort of it, it will be interesting to see how Arsenal play that game because I think defensively on on Sunday they looked pretty pretty shaky at times against a side that didn't have a recognised striker on the pitch. And then you know you go into United with all the attack and talent that they have. You know I think they'll be under a lot of pressure. But you know conversely, if Arsenal can pick up the three points. I think you know that would be be a huge statement from them and would sort of really signal that they are you know serious about being in a title race this season. I mean, Hannah, there's been so much United-Arsenal talk in the close season, obviously, with the Rosso situation and Mary Ertz. Do you kind of feel some some players there are going to be trying to make a point with their performances? Or is there anyone we should be watching out for on the night? Um, Maybe. I mean, it's a huge, obviously, when you're talking about 
Arsenal wanting Mary Earps. Um, it, it's maybe a big night for for Manuela Zinsberger to sort of maybe step up and prove, hang on a minute, no, I, I can be your number one. I am good enough. So um, particularly with sort of Mary on the other end of the pitch. So um, yeah, that, that, that's the one that I, I would sort of be thinking about if, if, if Manuela Zinsberger can have a sort of good game and, and really prove that that she is good enough, at least for Arsenal this season as well. Um, and, and maybe sort of put the question in, in Jonas's mind as to make, you know, do they really need to go out and sign another goalkeeper? Um, if she can prove that they don't need to, then um, all power to her. I mean, obviously we said Sunday, Manchester City v Chelsea. Uh, Beth, who... Can anyone stop Chelsea? Can anyone stop Lauren James? Is she going to get the golden boot this season? So many questions I have, but in a short time, what can you what can you tell me about that game? Yeah, it's mouthwatering, isn't it? I mean, I think um, right in thinking that that Chelsea were beaten by Manchester City when they went there last season, and I think that was one of probably City's strongest performances of that season. So they've got, you know, they've got previous; they can do it. And I think again, I think it was the second game of last season that that Chelsea beat Manchester City you know, um, away from home. So I think, you know, if City could this season sort of flip that on it on its lid and and then, you know, um get get a result against Chelsea, it would be massive. And yeah, Lauren James obviously was great to see her on the score sheet. We saw how talented she was at the World Cup. I think she spoke about maybe trying to play more in in a central role. And I think that the great thing with Lauren James is she's such a good creator as well, isn't she? And and that's why I think maybe she, she, I don't see a challenge in for the golden boot because I don't think she's sort of that fox in the box like, you know, Bunny Shaw or, or Rachel Bailey. But I think she will have another really strong season. But yeah, it's a it's a really exciting prospect to, to see those two teams going up against each other on Sunday. Yeah, there's also on Sunday, we also basically have the Merseyside v the Midlands derbies. We've got Leicester v Everton and Liverpool v Villa. Hannah, I'll come to you first. Which of those two games are you a bit more excited about? Um, well, I'll be at the King Power for Leicester against Everton. No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of glad I'm not at, at Liverpool v Villa because obviously <laughs> kind of split in terms of allegiances on that one. Obviously, I really would like to see Villa get a result because I think in terms of them sort of retaining their sort of top five spot and potentially challenging the top four, that, that is a game that they need to be winning. But obviously, being a Liverpool fan... I'm I'm really hoping that Liverpool can continue their fine form. So um I'll I'll be at Leicester v Everton and and for me, um I think if, if Leicester can get another result, I think that'll you know, I sort of mentioned it earlier, but that'll be massive in terms of their confidence this season and sort of, you know, when we're at Media Day and, and Jack was there as well. Obviously you were sat in, in Hannah Kane's huddle and that's when, you know, she was really bullish in her. So you're gonna see a completely different Leicester this season and um hopefully that that rings true and it's their first home game as well so it's definitely a game that I think a lot of the Leicester fans can get behind obviously it was a pretty at least for the first half of last season it was a pretty torrid sort of few months um you know pretty much losing every game and and losing a fair few games quite heavily as well so they didn't have an awful lot to celebrate um but if they can sort of bring that level of performance again and, and get a result at the King Power, then hopefully it will encourage more fans to go this year and, and a team that they can really, really get behind again and, and actually see results and performances with. So, yeah, it's, it's testament to the, to the job that Willie Kirk's done and um, this will be a massive, massive game for them. And I think, again, it helps that they're going into a game 
not against the top four team that they can continue building on that. Um, Beth, Liverpool, after after that result on Sunday, how confident are they going to be? They're going to be back home against a Villa side that also lost. I mean, what what's Matt Baird going to have up his sleeves this week for us? <laughs> yeah, I think I think he won't be, as I said earlier, I don't think he'll be getting carried away. I think Villa are really top sides. Um, it was a really close game last season. I think it was only a, a Rachel Daly penalty that, that got Villa the three points last time. So I think... Both teams have improved since then. Um, I think, you know, one thing Liverpool do have in their favour is that certainly toward the, the second half of last season, Prenton Park was a real fortress for them. And they won sort of five of the last seven home games last season. So I think, you know, it's a, it, they're really strong at home. And again, it's fans, fans' first home game as well. So um, I think the atmosphere will be good. It'll be an evening game as well. So I think that always makes the atmosphere a little bit better. But um, but yeah, I think it'll be a really, really tough game. And I think, you know, Liverpool need to to turn in that heroic defensive display yet again, don't they? I mean, they, they showed it at the Emirates. So hopefully they can they can do it at home against Villa and, and you know, continue that run. And then obviously the following week, it's it's the Merseyside derby, isn't it? So I think both Everton and Liverpool will be looking to be going into that one off the back of a win. I mean, a reminder, the Merseyside derby is at Anfield and I believe tickets are still on sale. Um, you might see some familiar faces there. Um, last but not least, we have Tottenham v Bristol City and Brighton v West Ham. Obviously, Brighton won last week. Uh, West Ham lost. Jack, would you think that West Ham might be a little nervous going into this game? Because I don't think anyone expected Brighton to get a result at Everton last week. No, yeah, I think West Ham will be will be nervous. It's sort of one of the games they need to to pick up some points from if they're going to be steered clear of of trouble in the in the early part of the season. And I think as well, Rianne Skinner's probably not had the same amount of time uh, on the training pitch that she would have liked before for the first few games. She said that at the the media launch day that me and Hannah were out a few weeks ago. Obviously, she was out in Australia for the World Cup as well. So. That, that brings its own challenges. Yeah, I think I think West Ham could do a result to really to really kickstart their season. Um, and I, I, I personally, I mean, nothing against Tottenham, but from a neutral perspective, I'd, I'd quite like to see Bristol City get something on Sunday, only because I think after this, they have a run of playing. They face Manchester City and then face Arsenal before the international break. And, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in, in Lauren Smith and what she's trying to do there. But I think if if, if Bristol City, with all, even with all the optimism in the world, if they go into that first international break uh, without a win, without a point, then then that will put them in a really difficult position for the for the rest of the season. So I'd, uh, I think it's Sunday's a, a really big big test for them, and, and maybe they'll they'll come away with something. I mean, it's all right. Arsenal are giving goals away like lollipops at the moment, so they should be fine. Um, that was another great football digest, guys. Thank you all for joining us. Thank you, Hannah, Beth, and Jack. My name is Natasha Henry, and we'll see you again next week. 